Okay, for those of you who have yet to listen to any of the messages on your app or online uh, in this series, uh, we've been in this series called Love Does, and really the title is inspired by the book by Bob Goff, Love Does, which is back on the table if you've yet to grab one. we, We bought one for every family, and if you're a guest, that's your gift today. As you exit, make sure you grab that because it's an incredible read, one short chapter at a time of stories of love. And we've been camping in Luke 10, which is a story exemplifying how to love as well. And uh, it's the story of a, a good Samaritan, although in the text you'll read that he was actually a despised Samaritan. So interesting twist on words to make this message come about. The story goes like this. There's this religious ruler who's trying to trap Jesus in uh, questions that maybe Jesus won't answer correctly or whatever, or maybe not. He's just trying to prove how smart he is by asking Jesus questions. And so he was a wise guy. And he asked him how to inherit eternal life. And so Jesus, being a great question asker himself, throws the question back and and the guy says, you know, he's like, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart uh, and, and all my strength and all my soul. And then I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. And he goes, sure, go and do it. And you'll, you'll experience life. And then the guy throws back the question at Jesus, but who's my neighbor? And so we've been kind of camping on that a little bit, talking about who's my neighbor. And, and Jesus tells a story to exemplify who his neighbor is. And the story is about a Samaritan, a despised Samaritan, because they were, in the eyes of Jews, half-breeds. Not politically correct term, right? Because they had, uh, long story short, they just intermarried with non-Jews. And so Jews viewed Samaritans as impure and all that. So here's a Jew beaten along the side of a road, robbed, left for dead, And a priest walks by, and a temple assistant walks by who had the wisdom and ministry capacity to minister to this Jew. And then it's a despised Samaritan that actually stops and helps. So we look at this, and and, and he just got, love does. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to love this person. I'm going to do something to love this person. And Jesus is kind of exemplifying, hey, your neighbor is even your enemy or the one you most despise around you. So you got to love them. And then finally, Jesus poses a question followed by instruction. And that's what we're going to look at today. Luke 10, verse 36 and 7 says, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. The one who showed him mercy is the one who was a good neighbor. Well, go and do the same. So that's the challenge that was given by Jesus. The Good Samaritan story ends with the ultimate challenge to go and love others like Jesus loves us. That's what we're supposed to do. We have the opportunity to go and do the same as Jesus. So John, one of the other disciples, and the New Testament of your Bible 
It starts with four books that are records of Jesus' life, right? So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels. They contain the good news of Jesus. That's what gospel means is good news. So John writes the instruction that Jesus gives in that Samaritan story. He, he writes a, a record of a moment just like that, but it's, it's worded this way in John 13, 34 through 35. He says, so now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other, Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In marketing words, our brand is love. The brand we're trying to be known by love. Love. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to be known by loving each other. Jesus is love. So our big idea today that we're going to look at is do love. That's probably grammatically correct, right? Do love, right? Love does. Well, do love. Do it. That, that's the objective. Today is this unique day in the calendar of a year. It's unique in the context that there are companies that are spending $5 million for 30 seconds of pushing their brand out there for people to experience. They have 30 seconds. Everything's on the line. Five million is the average going price. This is unbelievable. They are going to spend. Today there is going to be, what was the the number I heard? uh, I wrote it somewhere. It's billions of dollars spent on commercials. I can't imagine what the stress of that would be like. But It's kind of communicated in a commercial that you'll see during the game today. Check this out. Oh, man. Yep. Point made right there, right? Cream cheese of the island. He's sitting there. I just love the moment where he's like filling the groove of the commercial and everybody else is just dead. It's so funny. It's okay to laugh, right? Because that is hilarious. Um Jesus didn't need a hashtag or a URL or an Instagram or or Snapchat like he had what represented God, and that was love. Like, Jesus didn't need a marketing ploy because the way he led was with love, and people talked about it. It impacted lives. And when you bring something into the world that's going to impact others so deeply, it markets for you. Jesus just loved like crazy. And here we are where the Super Bowl is this moment where everybody's trying to push their message and their brand and, or else become known for their generosity of pushing someone else's brand, as some will, will do, like some like did drawings for whoever gets 
they'll pay for the ad, and so you know they're going to market a new website or whatever. But really, you're pr you're promoting two things: the person who sponsored that commercial, and then the commercial. And there's all kinds of different strategies they're using. But Jesus just loved people, shared stories of loving people, and did it so well. Anyone can share Jesus historically and get up in front and, and open up the scripture and teach from it, but can they embody his love? And when we collectively embody the love of Jesus, wherever we go, doing whatever we're doing in our circles of life, if we are love present there, Jesus will become famous through you, through me, through us, because we love. We don't have to wear the logo, we, we, we do the logo. We do love. So what are some ways we can love? That's what the talk is today. If you're a blank filler inner on the handout or they're already filled in for you if you're on the digital format in the app. But it, way number one of way we can love today we're going to look at is, is mercifully. Mercifully, full of mercy. We love with mercy. After all, there in verse 37, the man replied correctly when he said, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy was the neighbor, right? We're supposed to go and do the same. This is everything we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about compassion. This week, we're talking about love. And we looked in the mirror, our communication team, we looked in the, the, in the mirror and said, man, are these the same messages, right? Last week, we were talking about compassion, and this week, we're talking about love. Is that one and the same? Yes and no. It's the other side. It's the motivation. It's the why. It's, it's the why we show compassion out of love. It's, you know, but last week, we looked at, like, three different things. Stop the bleeding is what the Samaritan did. We, he, you get the help that's needed, um, and then you, with disregard of our own needs, Sometimes we have compassion because it's so urgent. You just, your mind goes blank of your risk and your needs. And, and so that's, that's compassion in action. Mercy is, love, is to love what generosity is to giving. And you'll put this together in a second. Mercy is to love what generosity is to giving. Mercy is going above and beyond what would be love. In this story, the Samaritan could have shown love by just bandaging the guy's wounds and putting a blanket on him right where he was at. But instead, he picked the guy up, put him on his donkey, took him to a place of lodging, lodged him, paid for any extra costs that might come up, and then said he would pick up the tab if additional costs came up. Like, that was generous, but it was also merciful, right? That's mercy. Mercy, it's all about going beyond the call of duty, beyond what is expected. It's doing what nobody anticipates, but on the other side, sets a new standard and illuminates the one who first loved us, which is Jesus, because he went way beyond what was expected by being faithful all the way to the cross, by giving up his life for mine while I'm a sinner, while I'm an offense to everything God put in practice in the Old Testament, while I'm not living right, he 
went and died for me so that I could be free from that? Intense. Bless you. I mean, I just waited until it got all the way to me. I inhaled it, and then, no, I'm just giving you a bad time. <laughs> Come on, have you seen Contagion or any of those movies? It's like, I think that just happened. Just kidding. You're not, you don't get embarrassed easy, do you? <laughs> He's just going to stare at me. It wasn't me. I didn't sneeze. Okay, moving on. Mercy. Mercy. We need to live with a love that's merciful. We also need to have a love that is patient. We need to love patiently. Wasn't it? I think I've heard in Christian circles, when I became a Christian at the age of 21, they're like, just never pray for patience. That's <laughs> like, why? Well, don't ask. You know, just don't do it. You're like, oh, I don't want to be patient? God will make you wait. Just shh, don't pray for that. You know, it's kind of the, this is the prayer we do not speak of. Zip it, you know. So, uh, but patiently, we're supposed to love patiently. And what, what does this mean? I mean, how will you love those who, who you've not met? Or to you, this might mean uh, forcing yourself to sign up for a group because you know you need to develop community and get to know one another beyond walking in and out and saying, hey. Or maybe to you, this is, it's just going to mean you're patient enough in your life to be present with others and work through life with others. That takes patience, right? To, to plan ahead. To, to, maybe you're going to be patient enough to take time. Or make time. I mean, that's one of the challenges we face in the world we live in. We book ourselves from edge to edge. But what if we create margin to have patience? The Samaritan was inconvenienced. In all this community, everything around us, there are opportunities that money cannot afford. We just need time. I mean, there's... Oftentimes, when I'm in a circle uh, in the community at a table where people are sharing needs in the community, they put those needs out there and they say, you know, this is, this is what's needed, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it involves like a grant or money, but the most, like 90% of the time, it's manpower. It's time invested. Time is needed. Time packing backpacks for students to eat on the weekends at a food bank. Time delivering shoes to people in need, I heard of this week. An organization called Redeeming the Souls and literally providing refurbished or new shoes for those in need. Told a story about uh, Taiyi High School sports, kids turning out for football wearing flip-flops. And uh, so they were just like, coaches called and said, man, do you guys have anything for, like, athletes? Well, they hooked up with Brooks Shoes, and Brooks not only provided shoes for all the athletes, the student athletes, but they as well provided jerseys and went above and beyond. They were mercifully or generous, right? They just, they just embodied that and took the time to invest in a school The graduation rate of those athletes went up by 60% after that act of generosity. Just came from shoes. 
but somebody has to take the time to find the people who need the shoes and connect the dots, and the, it's time. Time reading with kids. Time tutoring kids. Liberty Ridge Elementary School, the school that we strategically have partnered with over the course of time, they need after-school tutors, somebody to sit with kids. There's a program called the 21st Century Grant that they care for 100 kids after school, and they, they need volunteers to come in and assist. Time. Time delivering supplies to Exodus Housing or time picking up supplies from World Vision and bringing them back so that foster kids can have a resource instantly to, to get a hold of foster families for kids that they get that day. And John will tell you more about that during the giving talk later today. Or time to, to make a meal for someone who's sick or just had a baby. All these things involve time, which really takes patience for us to demonstrate love through it because we do have to set aside our own agenda. Time to block out an, an hour or an hour and a half for eight weeks to connect with another, each other at groups. You know? Man, I encourage you to sign up for a group. It'll be worth your patience because you'll connect with each other, begin to love one another, care for one another, just as the Bible teaches. Well worth time invested. If we'll just build the value of investing time in others, having the patient to invest time in people, I mean truly value all of humanity, things will change. We'll look at life differently. We'll go through life with an awareness of the impact we can make if we'll just unconditionally serve with no strings attached. We'll experience patience in action. And the opposite is true. We experience impatience when we don't get what we think we deserve quick enough. I mean, if you love somebody unconditionally and you just give unconditionally to them and you're not expecting anything in return, say you're serving a neighbor because they're new to the neighborhood, you go over with cookies and say welcome and walk back over to your house. Not necessarily did you go across the street and say welcome, here's some cookies and an invite to open life, hope to see you Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at Bonnie Lake High School, love you, and walk back over to your house. Now you're expecting them to show up on Sunday, and if they don't, you get impatient. See what I'm saying? What if you just take them cookies? Done. No agenda, just love. You know what? They're going to go, man, why'd you do that? Because you're new to the neighborhood. I just want to welcome you. You'll get to know one another. You begin to talk when you're mowing your lawn. You'll get to see a need like their garbage can still out a day after garbage was picked up, and you'll roll it back up to their house. And eventually the conversation and dinners will happen, and you'll dialogue, and they'll find out you go to church, and they'll show up next to you. And they'll hear about Jesus because you love like Jesus. That's what happens. We just need to have a heart of, of service. That's what the Good Samaritan had. He didn't, we never even hear that this guy was conscience to meet the Good Samaritan. We just hear that the Samaritan practiced doing love with no strings attached. So it's been on the, the bottom of the outline uh, digitally that you could just click over to. We've told you about it. Uh, it's in the 
binder and a little note inside the book, but there's a website, openlife.church slash love does, where you can go and, and tell your love does inspired story. And a story that maybe something that the book inspired or the messages inspired, but just share how you're loving. And uh, one of the stories that came in was from Krista, and it says, uh, I'll, I'll just read it. Is that good? I don't want to mess it up. Uh, I'm a special education teacher, and my specialty is working with kids with autism. More specifically, kids who have autism who are not yet talking. In my classroom, I teach children to communicate through pictures, a method called PECS, or PECS, I have no idea how to say it. But anyway, uh, in this method, the child learns to talk by giving uh, a picture of what he wants to an adult. It has taken me years to teach this strategy to one of my students, but he has made significant progress. And the next step was getting the students family trained. And training is expensive and honestly isn't geared towards families, only professionals. The terminology is clinical. The software is expensive. And you need a laminator and tons of Velcro. But it's amazing how learning to communicate this way changes a child's behavior and demeanor. The mother of the student I mentioned is an immigrant from Somalia. She is a devout Muslim and wears traditional coverings. She came to my classroom the other day and was upset because therapy for the student was denied by insurance and it would take six months to get service through a private pay agency. She asked me if I could write a letter to appeal the insurer's decision. She was in tears and told me that she just wants him to be able to talk. She told me that she prays for him every day. And I told her that I did too. And we both were teary. It's okay to be teary, right? We both were teary. It says, I was inspired by Bob Goff to just love her by giving her what I could. I had the day off. And I spent the day at her house making the pictures for the communication system that would be relevant to their home life. Pictures of toys, his food, etc. She made me some Somalian tea and we talked about things we had in common. Like how we both went to UW Tacoma at the same time and how we both love Property Brothers. I'm surprised you didn't put Fixer Upper, but anyway, uh, Property Brothers. And, and how we both love her son. We set up additional trainings, and I just feel she definitely felt loved. Isn't that fun? That's what we're talking about. Love does. Love does. John, can you come here for a second? Can you take this to Krista? We just want to sew into that Velcro that you need and those supplies. So here's an Amazon gift card for you to, to help continue to love that family. Thank you, Krista. Phenomenal. That's what changes people's lives in our community. That changes the culture of a world, that kind of love. The third way we love is with risk. With risk. It's risky to love. You never know what the outcome will be, kind of like this Doritos commercial. (laughs) <laughs> the, 
That's so funny and disgusting all at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. That website is one of my favorites ever. Just going on and watching all those Dorito commercials. That didn't even make the top three. That was amazing. The birthing one's really fun, but I couldn't show that because somebody would be bothered. But anyway, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think we really understand generosity uh, the, or the generosity that, uh, that we're being called to, the mercy that we're being called to, I guess you could say, because it has us risking our own security at times. It has us putting ourselves at risk. And, and one of the stories in the Bible, I'll just encapsulate it. You can go read it at a later time. Jot it down on the side of your notes. Is 1 Kings 17. Uh, it's a story in the Old Testament about uh, a prophet, Elijah, and the fact that there was a, a woman who was widowed with her son, and all she had left was a handful of flour and some oil but the prophet, when he comes in contact with this woman, having been told by God to ask her to provide for him, says, can you give me some water and some bread as well? And the woman is like, this is all I have left. I was literally gathering sticks to go home and cook our last meal together. And it's like, ugh. I can't imagine being that prophet, being asked by God to ask her for her last meal supplies. But he challenged her. He says, if you do this, if you give me some bread, your flour and your oil will never run out. So she risked and gave all that she had to Elijah. And guess what? The flour never ran out. The oil never ran out. And she was able to live. Supply provide for her family. And I read that form of risk, and I, I read that level of all-inness of faith in the Old Testament and say, man, how does that translate to me today? What am I willing to risk? Am I willing to put myself in a scenario where I need accountability because I'm very well maybe tempted to love here? Am I willing to get way outside of my comfort zone and risk maybe being rejected? Because the risk will be well worth it. Maybe there's also this risk that paralyzes some of us. Risking God's reputation. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've been a Christian, if you chose to follow Jesus, even recently and you found yourself wanting to love someone, but you realize, man, if I pray for God to heal them and then they're not well what will they think of God but yet God challenges us to risk that to pray prayers of faith for people to pause and put our hand on a shoulder and, and risk God's reputation I think he honors it actually and shows up if we're willing to put our faith in his reputation on the line and risk extending our faith. Moments like this can change people's lives when we allow risk and faith to intersect. It's powerful. The final way we're challenged to love is with humility. We love humbly. 
We don't love to be known, but make Jesus known. We can't, we need to get out of the way ultimately. John 3.30 says it this way, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. That was John the Baptist speaking of Jesus. Jesus has to become greater and greater. I'm going to become less and less. Get me out of the way so you can find Jesus. And, and think of it this way. When was the last time you were like parched, like you totally were thirsty? And somebody handed you a Costco plastic water bottle. And you were like, oh, this is some sweet plastic. I love the lid and the little, I love how it holds in my hand. This is beautiful. Oh, look, I can turn it sideways and write my name. There's a name spot on those bottles. I can write my name on here. Who thought of that? That was precious, right? No, you're like, give me the water. This is just a vessel. That's why if you're parched, you're like, gluck, 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 gluck. you could chug one of those. And you're just like, didn't have any weird flavor. I love Costco water. We don't love it for the bottle or the packaging, but that's what we, we are. We're just the packaging that Jesus loves flowing through, and, and we need to get out of the way. When we leave somebody's company, we, they should remember how they were loved, and we're not the ones that are becoming the most important in the scenario. Right? That's why I'm, I'm challenged by those who live life with pride and they make it all about themselves when they're trying to share Jesus. It honestly challenges me and I pray for them that they could become less so Jesus could be highlighted more. Get out of the way and help people find Jesus. We're supposed to make Jesus known. So we're going to do that. We're going to go out and do love. We're going to do it mercifully, patiently. We're going to risk. And hopefully, we're going to do it humbly. Humbly. Like the opposite of the way Cam Newton plays football. Okay, I said it out loud. Sorry, I had to. Couldn't resist. I love the movie Blindside, so really I am torn. I have a person on each team I want to see get a ring. But anyway, uh, I want to pray for you. Because our challenge for today is this. Love like Jesus. It's that simple. Love like Jesus. When we go out from here, that's our challenge is to love people like Jesus showed us how to love here. And then we'll go, and maybe you're going to a Super Bowl party or whatever. You're going to have fun. You're going to encourage one another. You're going to give high fives or not use the DVR today because the commercials are what it's all about, really, for, for me. And then uh, next Sunday, come back because we're going to conclude Love Does in a way. I'm not going to tell you, but you won't want to miss it. So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come here on Sundays and open up our minds and our hearts to you and and just see what your word will unpack for us. And I, and I thank you that right here in Luke 10, we've had such a great journey over the last few weeks discovering the deep 
love you have for humanity, for, for those that are in the world around us, and how you want us to be vessels for that love to purely flow through without us being an obstruction, without us getting in the way. And I pray that God today you would really touch in every person's life where we need to grow. Maybe for some in this room right now, they're going to make the decision, okay, that's it. I'm going to follow Jesus today. I, I've never invited Jesus into my life to be Lord, to be Savior of my life. And, and his love is so genuine. I want this. So I'm going to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Come into my life and take that step. For others, God, I pray that you would illuminate what it is. Maybe some need to step out and, and do faith in a way that exemplifies more patience. Just love with no strings attached. Love to love. Because that's being obedient to you. You said we'd be known for our love. That makes you known. And I pray that God, for the rest of those in this room, I don't know what they heard today. Maybe it was to risk or to be more humble. But I pray that, God, we could walk in obedience this week to you, to your challenge. And that others would benefit from it who are going through their week and they need love. I give you thanks for this opportunity to open your word and the growth that it's going to cause in us. In Jesus' name I pray.